Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome back to The Conversation. In this episode, we're going to continue this idea around self-identity, self-concept, and talk about boundaries, boundaries 101, so to speak. And these are the personal boundaries that you have for yourself. If you are one of those individuals that feel as if you have weak boundaries, or maybe no boundaries, or maybe you're thinking that maybe you have an issue with boundaries, but you're not sure, then this episode is especially for you. But before we get into the episode, into the content, I have a couple announcements. Now, some of you may know that it was our one-year anniversary last Sunday, April 16th. And as a little celebration, I'm offering some discounts to the podcast listeners on a couple services, a couple products that I have. One is my customized, personalized hypnotic audio. Once you sign up, we schedule a Zoom call and we have a one-to-one. We have a chat. And many times this chat ends up being a mini coaching session. But after the chat, after my little interview, I create a customized hypnotic audio that's tailored just to you and the issue, the circumstances, the the challenge that you're faced with. And then I want to remind you that at the first of the year, I offered a strategic coaching session at a very reduced price. And again, this is just for the podcast listeners. The only way you can really find out about it is if you're listening to the podcast. You see, I had a woman contact me and ask if I could do anything around the coaching because she couldn't afford my my regular rate. So I asked her what she wanted to work on and then asked her what could she afford at this point in time to make this go away. And then she told me what she could afford and I made that the price of this strategic coaching session that I'm making available again only for podcast listeners. So if you're interested in either one of these, go to yesdaniel.com and follow the links. And once you arrive at the page, there's a lot more content, a lot more information exactly how this all works. And the last thing that I want to bring up is that my registration is now open for my signature coaching program, The Aligned Self. It's a 12-week deep dive where you get to recreate your self-identity, your self-concept to match your vision. Most people have a vision, a grand vision for their life, yet their current concept, their current idea about who they are is not in alignment with what they want to do in their life, what they want to create in their life. Now, most people have never taken a conscious effort, a conscious path to creating their self-identity. Your self-identity, for the most part, has been handed to you. You've inherited it. It's been validated from outside sources and not consciously chosen from the inside. And so in the aligned self, you get to create yourself from the inside out to be the person that you've always wanted to be. And in some cases, be the person you didn't know you could be. This program for me is one of the most exciting things I offer. You see, I love to see people transform. And in this program, each and every person that participates gets a massive transformation in their life. They arrive at a level of self-esteem that is through the roof, a sense of self-confidence, a sense of certainty about their life and who they are. 
they develop a working relationship with fear where they're not stopped by it, but they can move through it and use it in a way that fuels their success, fuels their achievements. And because the program is all oriented around alignment, aligning the heart with the mind and the body, there is a sense of congruence and integrity that is unstoppable, unflappable, and unfuckable with. Like There's such a resilience in that persona that you cannot be stopped. And a benefit that a lot of people don't anticipate on the front end of the program is a feeling of peace and equanimity. Just a, a comfortableness of being in your own body. Anxiety is gone. Stress is gone. I mean, you know how to deal with it. And there's no conflict on how you express yourself in the world. I love the quote, a person either stands for something or they'll fall for anything. And after this program, you'll know exactly what you stand for. You'll know exactly who you are and exactly what you're capable of. In fact, the fastest way to raise your performance is to shift your self-identity, shift your self-concept, because you cannot outperform your self-identity, your self-concept. Those are the limitations to your potential. And so by altering your self-concept, opening it up, you raise the ceiling of what's possible. And we also work on boundaries. This, today's episode, is taken right from the playbook of the aligned self. So what are boundaries? Well, put simply, boundaries are your thoughts, your body, your thinking, your feelings. It's what you use to define yourself. Where do you end and where do others begin? Your boundaries are the rules by which you live life by, and your boundaries are the parameters by which you allow other people to treat you or not treat you. It's what you've decided you will tolerate and behavior you will not tolerate. Now, with that said, I do need to create the distinction here that your boundaries are for you. They're not for other people. You see, other people always have the option whether or not they're going to respect your boundary or not respect them. What's important to understand here is that everyone has the freedom to respond however they see fit. When you honestly communicate your boundaries and establish what they are, establish what you will accept, what's acceptable to you, and what's not acceptable, then the other person's free to either respect it or not respect it. And if they disrespect your boundaries, then that's valuable information for you. You can now make a decision whether or not you want to keep them in your life, modify the relationship, modify the agreement, change the agreement altogether. Keep your distance from them or cut ties completely. If you're single and in the dating scene, if you've already established what your boundaries are, you know what they are, you know what you'll accept and what you won't accept, it makes the dating process really simple. People either meet the gate, meet the standard, or they don't. And no harm, no foul. It's a way to weed the people out. You know, what's going to work for you? You see, a lot of times people enter the dating process and they haven't established their boundaries. They haven't established the rules of the game. And one of the reasons why people have so much trouble with boundaries is that they want to be liked. They want to be accepted. They don't want to cause a rift. They don't want to make the other person feel uncomfortable. So people are very accommodating when they know they shouldn't be. 
they let people get away with stuff because they don't want to cause a rift. They don't want to push the other person away by being too rigid. Remember that phrase, that quote that I gave, a person either stands for something or they'll fall for anything. So what are some examples of boundaries? Well, remember when I said your boundaries are basically your thinking, your feelings, and your physical space? Well, your thoughts are sovereign. They're yours. They're valid. Other people don't really have the right to say you're stupid or you're wrong. They might not agree, and it's their right to disagree. But when they start to attack your character, then they're crossing a boundary. I'm sure I say things on this podcast from time to time that people disagree with. And of course, they have the right to go somewhere else. I've not had anyone say, I'm stupid. I've had a few people say I'm crazy. Especially when I say such things as, I can move the weather. I can influence the weather. And that I moved a storm around the house and I actually created a barrier around our neighborhood. Want to hear something interesting? My wife just had dinner with a friend of hers a couple weeks ago. And they were talking about the weather, and her friend said, You know what's weird? We haven't had any severe weather. It's like it just goes right around the neighborhood. And my wife says, Well, that's Daniel. Her friend goes, What? Daniel did that. He put a barrier around the neighborhood. In fact, just recently we had a storm go through, and my wife says, You know, we really need some rain. And so I gave permission for the rain to come, but the severe stuff, the hail, the lightning, could go around. We're okay with the rain, but the other stuff, it can go somewhere else. And it did. All around the neighborhood, there was quarter-size hail, but not in our neighborhood. Interesting, isn't it? So I guess you could say, I've established a boundary around our neighborhood, around our house. But getting back to our discussion, thinking. You have the right to think anything you want, say anything you want. And really... No one else can interfere with that unless they disrespect your boundaries. And if you're going to declare that a boundary for you, then you respect the boundaries of other people's thinking. Another boundary are your feelings. You have the right to feel anything you feel, and your feelings are valid. You see, it's a practice of people that are manipulative, control freaks, narcissistic tendencies, They gaslight you, meaning that they invalidate your thinking, invalidate your feelings, make you feel as if you're going crazy, that it's not grounded in reality, that you're misperceiving it, you don't understand. And if somebody treats you that way, where they invalidate your feelings, invalidate your thinking, I would think hard and fast about keeping them in your life. Especially if you establish your boundaries, set your boundaries and let them know what your boundaries are. Now, in the case of narcissistic people, sometimes it's not worth it to tell them what your boundaries are. When there's a boundary transgressed, you know it's just going to happen again and again that they have no respect for your thinking, your boundaries, or your feelings. And in those situations, I've stopped the relationship. I just stop it. And I say, thank you very much. I'm no longer participating or I'm breaking up with you, kind of thing. And this brings us to another boundary. You don't have to say why you're doing anything. You don't have to give a reason. You don't have to give a rationale. Now, if you're in a partnership, if you have established agreements and your choices and decisions impact another person, then share your thinking with them. Share your rationale. 
that's only polite. But if you're cutting things off and with someone, you don't have an intimate relationship, you're breaking up, you don't have to give a reason why. You just say, you know, I'm no longer into this, I'm done. End of story. If someone invites you somewhere and you don't want to go, all you have to do is say, that doesn't work for me, or I'd rather not. And you don't have to come up with some big excuse or the wife has me doing this or I got to do some work. I got to do you know paperwork. You could, just, you could say, I'm just going to spend the evening at home if you want to give them some type of reason. But really all you have to do is say, that doesn't interest me. And then sometimes you have a behavior that comes up in response to that where they try and push it. Like, come on and try and get you to do something that you don't really want to do. They try and oversell it. Try and find all the reasons why you're not coming in order to kind of get you to do something you don't want to do. Overcome your objection. That is transgressing a boundary. Ideally, when you say no, no is good enough. No should be good enough. If someone doesn't respect your no, they're crossing a boundary. Another area of boundaries are around your body. You can establish how you want to be touched, when you can be touched, in what manner, and in what context, in what situations. And you have the right to say no to any of that. And they should, the other people should and could respect your boundary. And if they don't, they're crossing it. And then you need to make a decision. Get the hell out of there. Separate yourself from them. Push them away. You know, stand by your boundary. And I admit, sometimes it takes courage to maintain a boundary. Because when you stand strong on a boundary, the other person might get upset because they have a different agenda. Well, if that agenda is not aligned with what you want, then stand by your boundary. And the other person, if they don't respect your boundary, they got to go. Because if they don't respect your boundary in that situation or any other situation, chances are they're not going to respond favorably in any other context either. It's only going to get worse. So what are some other boundaries? Let me talk about a few of mine. One of them as a coach is around communication. I don't let my clients text me. Now, I expect a response if I text you. If I'm asking you a question of clarification, you can answer my question. But you're not allowed to ask me questions only through email, but not through texting. It's just something I've set up for myself because at any given time, I can work with 5 to 25, 30 people. And if everyone's texting me, it gets overwhelming. And so I just direct those questions, coaching questions, through the email. And I have to admit, that's something that I didn't put in place early on. It was something that I had to learn to put in place because it was intruding on my personal life. I was getting texted all hours of the night. That's another thing. I don't take any calls after 8 o'clock. Only sometimes, maybe, if they live in another time zone, in another country, where that is the only logistical way to do it, But by and large, I do not take any phone calls after 8 o'clock, unless your family. The first half of every day, also, I set my phone on Do Not Disturb. So calls don't come through. They go right to voicemail. And then I get back to them when I can. 
because very often I might be doing something like this where I'm doing a podcast, I'm working with a client, I'm writing, doing video, or I'm doing family stuff. And you know what? I have people that call me but don't leave a message. And I have to tell you, if you don't leave a message, I'm not calling you back. Now, I realize my circumstances are a little bit different because I'm interacting with so many different people. But those are my boundaries. And frankly, sometimes it irritates people that they can't get a hold of me right away because this is an instant society, right? And I don't sweat it if I send a text and someone doesn't respond right away. I figure they'll get back to me when they get back to me. I think that attitude's a little easier for me to take on because, hey, I grew up before cell phones. I grew up when you could leave the house and not talk to someone for three days. And they'll still be okay. You just have to wait for them to pick up the phone or get to a phone or call you back. And I can also remember as a kid, my mom telling me to get out of the house and go play. And I was expected to be gone all day. If I was gone all day, it'd be all right after a certain age. After I reached age 10, then I could go anywhere in town. Like I said, I grew up in a small town. The only rule was that I had to be back before dinner. Or when my dad would yell out the back door, Daniel Charles. And then I was expected to get there within two minutes. Now, another boundary that's changed over the years, like when I was younger, it was nothing to go over to the neighbor's house or a friend's house and knock on the door unannounced. Like, no big deal. You're welcome. You could walk in sometimes. And our neighborhood had no fences. So we were going across backyards and front yards and just to get to other people's houses, except the Matthews house. That was about four houses down from us. And anytime we stepped on the lawn, Mrs. Matthew would come out and yell at us, you kids get off the lawn. They also had a fence on all around their property. They had established boundaries. Now, that was their boundary. They didn't want us on the grass. And being kids, we would push the envelope a little bit. We didn't necessarily respect the boundaries. Sometimes we'd kind of cut across it just to see if we'd get a response. Or we would do it in order to get a response. Because we knew it would drive Mrs. Matthews a little crazy. And I'm so sorry about that. But how that's changed today is that a person doesn't typically go over to someone else's house without giving them a heads up, giving them advance notice. People's lives today are just set up different. Their schedule is different. I can remember my grandmother opening up the front door and that was the sign that the house was open. Anyone that wanted to could come over and talk, have a cup of coffee because the front door was open. Now, I could go on and on and talk about boundaries in all kinds of different situations. So I'm not going to do that. But I would like to give you some idea on how to set boundaries for yourself. How do you know when it's appropriate to set a boundary? Well, is there anything in your life that makes you feel uncomfortable? That is probably where a boundary needs to be placed. Like I said before, I used to let clients indiscriminately text me until it just got cumbersome and unmanageable. And then I had to set a boundary. Another boundary I set once I got into a committed relationship with my now my now current wife is that I no longer had dinner, drinks with a single woman, a married woman, 
outside of the context of our relationship. In the past, I used to consistently meet people for a drink or just to talk, hang out. But, you know, sometimes that's created some awkward and uncomfortable and probably some boundaries were transgressed. Especially when you introduce alcohol. It just changes the dynamic of the interaction. So I've made it a rule. I set a boundary that I just don't do that anymore. And that brings me to the second rule or indicator where a boundary needs to be placed. It's where things could potentially get messy. Just set a rule up to where it doesn't get messy, doesn't get uncontrollable. You can also set boundaries and guidelines for yourself on what time you're going to get up in the morning, what time you're going to bed, how you're going to go to bed. Have a boundary, have a rule there. See, a lot of people don't go to bed until they're almost going to crash. They don't have a systematic routine to go to bed to, and it shows up in their sleep. Their sleep is not as comfortable, not as deep, not as restful as it could be. Another rule or boundary that I've set for myself is that I will not buy bigger pants. I, once my belt gets to past a certain notch, I pull back, I eat less, I start working out. I will not buy bigger pants. And so my pants are either tight or I need to lose some weight. It's just a signal, it's a cue for me to shift my behavior because I set a boundary. I have boundaries around my health, how often I drink, when I drink, if I drink. You see, I just want to remind you that the boundaries that you put in place help establish your self-identity, your self-concept. It's where you end and other people begin. Oh, wait, that just popped in my head. Something else I wanted to talk about, and it affects a lot of people. So I think it's worth mentioning, and that is about being on time. You see, I've set a boundary for myself that my appointments start on time and end on time. And if not, then I'm communicating ahead of time so people can adjust. I mean, sometimes things happen. But by and large, if I say our appointment's at 1 o'clock, I will be calling you at 1 o'clock or 12.59. If I'm supposed to show up somewhere, I'm going to show up 15 minutes early. And if I'm going to meet someone somewhere... I'll say what time I'm going to be there. Typically, you say, I'm going to be there at quarter two. I can text you where I'm going to be so you can meet me. And I'll also say, if I don't hear from you and it's more than 15 minutes past our agreement, I more than likely will just leave. So why am I such a stickler for time, being on time, having other people be on time? It's because I respect my time. And I respect other people's times. Now, I know some of you are those that are fashionably late all the time. But I need to tell you, nothing is more disrespectful to a person, to a group, than to not keep your agreement about when you're going to show up. And sometimes, you know, you're invited to a party. And I used to be this way, where I would end up, I didn't want to be like the first one there. I didn't want to be uncomfortable, you know no one to talk to, so I would show up fashionably late, like 30, 40 minutes. And I decided at one time not to do that. I decided I was going to start going early and assist the host if I needed to. I just asked, like if they needed help. And more often than not, there was always something to do, always something to help out. And it just created a whole new bond, a whole new relationship 
with the host, and I ended up having more fun. And also, in working with so many people, I realized that this compulsion to show up late is underneath it, in the background, is one of those shadow beliefs that it doesn't matter. I don't matter. I don't really, no no one will notice if I show up late. It's not going to make that big a difference. It's basically establishing yourself as not making a difference, not making an impact. And if you're one of those people that are chronically late, take a look at that. Take a look at what's the motivation there. Are you saying something to the effect that it won't matter if we're 20 minutes late? It won't matter if we're 40 minutes late. Well, I've hosted parties and it makes a difference. And one thing that I found out in going early to a couple parties is that I found out that I was invited because of the energy that I brought, the positive vibe, the just my presence. And I'm, you know, I'm not being egotistical. I was flattered. And I realized that I could play the host in going to a lot of events. I could make a difference just by showing up. All right, as I bring this to a close, I just want to say again, set boundaries, establish boundaries for yourself. They help define who you are. They help define how other people interact with you. If you feel as if other people are disrespecting you, stepping all over you, you haven't yet made your boundaries clear. And identify those areas where you feel uncomfortable. What boundary could you put in place that would make a difference? And if you're not sure... Put a comment on our Facebook page. And if you haven't yet joined our Facebook page, you're cordially invited to join the Align Self Podcast Listeners Facebook group. And the link is in the show notes, or you can just search us on Facebook. And when the question is asked, how did you hear about the, the Facebook group, you answer on the podcast. But you can put comments there all day long. Ask questions inside the Facebook group, and I will answer them. You can instant message me on Facebook, and I still respond to those. It may get to a point where it's not manageable, but so far, it is. I'm also on Instagram, and when you join my email list, you'll occasionally get emails from me, and you can just respond to any of those emails, and I'll respond to you in kind. I still have the ability to do that. So, my friend, until next time, This is your friend and host, Daniel DeNovi, urging you to follow your bliss. Live your life from inner signals. Be inner-directed as you pursue the epic adventure.